Howdy, everybody. Cable Smith welcoming you into episode 163 of Justified Pursuit. Riding shotgun, as always, the good counselor, Chisholm Cook. Uh, we've got a different format for you today, however, and I know if you tuned in last week, we said we'd have two shows for you this week. We'd have uh, a regular episode and then also play our discussion with Nikki Frenchco. And uh, due to Chisholm's real job and his work schedule, uh, we're just going to have the one show, but we will play our discussion with uh, Nikki, who is a Trumbull County, Ohio County Commissioner, and she is running for re-election. I became aware of her situation, I believe, through a news article, and then started doing a little research and found out, wow, <laughs> the the manner in which she has been treated as a woman and as a conservative in a traditionally blue county I mean, these people, have, will, they'll stop at nothing to humiliate, to uh, try to ruin her reputation, and then uh, also have her arrested at a county commissioner meeting. So uh, we're thrilled to have Nikki join us here. And without further ado, uh, let's go ahead and take a listen to our discussion. I think you're going to like Nikki. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. So uh, what part of Ohio are you in? I am in Warren, Ohio, which is Trumbull County. It's northeastern Ohio. It's Astrobula is the far east corner, and we are one county down. We border um, Pennsylvania. So is it's, that... in between, it's in between Cleveland and Pittsburgh and very close to Youngstown. Okay. We have this joke in Texas. We say Houston is the armpit of Texas. Is there an armpit of uh, Ohio? I'm not going to say. Terrible <laughs> <laughs> question to ask a politician from <laughs> any state. Well, I, I'm in an area where that we've had the um, steel mills close, so it's definitely the, the Rust Belt area. So, mm -hmm. so it's traditionally uh, a blue part of the state. Traditionally, yes, it's always been Democrat. Okay, can I can I ask real quick on that though? I mean, I get the sense that that is changing. Is that is it is it changing or is it still sort of old habits are hard to break? In Ohio, a lot of people are saying we used to be a solid swing state. You know, right. we'd be blue, we'd be red, and then in recent years, it has been more red. But I like to describe it more as purple because we have the rural and some suburban areas that are always very red. And then the urban centers are traditionally still Democrat. Cleveland, Cincinnati, Columbus, Akron. Uh, we used to have Tim Ryan as our representative here. Uh, and then after those districts were redrawn, they broke up the Mahoning Valley. So Mahoning County, which is still part of Trumbull and Mahoning, which is the Youngstown Warren Metropolitan Statistical Area, uh, we were separated. And both of those districts are now red, but it's still quite purple with a lot of Democrat strongholds in inner cities. Right, which is the case pretty much across the country these days. But that's a little different, right? I mean, a lot of those small towns were um, very blue-collar right. um, union towns, right, with with lots of heavy industry and all that. So I guess has that part changed more, like, the cities have just got more densely blue and the country has, for the smaller towns, maybe are shifting red, even though they've got the union legacy and all that stuff, or am I just way off base? Well, in the cities, we still have a lot of... Um democrat areas obviously the city of warren if you want to and i have a couple times because i wanted to vote for who my council person was or my mayor or my judge there is no republican primary so for the county which is what i am elected to that encompasses a, a larger area so but for the city that i live in it is all there's never a republican candidate no. so um and it's declining you know the population was about 80,000 back in the 70s and 80s at its peak. And now we just dipped under under 50,000. So there's definitely a population decline. And uh, it is 
basically i i believe that the party the democrat party no longer represents the old school blue dog democrats right. you know the jfk era ones mm -hmm. and so we still have democrats like in fact we have an, an engineer that's why i was talking to my county engineer he's he is a democrat but he's one of the blue dog one you know he has a, he has a, a farm in hartford a little township it started off as a trustee so we have some people and i'm like why are you a democrat again because mm -hmm. <laughs> because you're not but right. um but some people just won't cross over right old but habits my, my grandpa was one yeah he worked at a, at a steel mill we had van Huffel, one grandpa was at van Huffel, van Huffel, and one was at Copperweld, and they were you know you're democrats because that's what they tell you to be but his last election before he passed away he voted republican finally uh -huh. right yeah. i feel like my grandfather who was a, a plant manager at a cement plant in houston would vote republican today if he was still alive but he was the same way union guy democrat but that was JFK's party. If he saw what was going on today, transitioning kids, all this crap, he would been like, "I'm out, I'm out." Right. I mean, he went to Baptist church. He wouldn't be like, "Oh yeah, that's a good idea," you know. Um, but uh, how long have you been a county commissioner? Uh, this is my first term. I it, and I'm up for re-election right now, so mm -hmm. it's just one term. I back when I in the 90s when I was a young Republican and a young mom I ran for office in the city of Warren as a Republican I was they were like why are you doing that you're gonna win but I came close I lost by half a percent once and uh and I actually it's the family name you know how you have a town and you know every every uncle you know worked at the one of the plants and you know it's just kind of that feel and they knew the name they're like ah she's a republican but she's a french coach so she must be okay you know uh -huh. kind of one of those things so um how many commissioners are, are on the board with you there are three commissioners we're a statutory county so in ohio we have the ability to have home rule so we can create a charter for our counties and structure our local government however we choose but if you in absence of that you default to a statutory community so as a county under the revised code it's a three-member board of commissioners and so what was your relationship like out of the gate with the other two commissioners well one of the commissioners the the nastiest of <laughs> of the ones when I took office, um, he actually supported me because they were he was at odds with the Democrat Party chairman who I beat. So when I walked into office, the first thing that I noticed was that they violated sunshine laws and they were making decisions behind closed doors. Uh, they were spending without following any procurement process and i said what what just happened here because i saw them say we're, the auditor called and said that we could spend four hundred thousand dollars on this building so we're just going to put it on the agenda and i was like that's a sunshine law violation and where's our procurement policy and uh that's not oh you're going to come in and tell us how to do things well like that's why i got elected i do have a master's degree in public administration and it takes a special kind of nerd to pursue that for a few years you know uh -huh. so so he, he he seems to have thought since he backed you over his own party that that meant you'd come in and sort of just play ball and, and then when you didn't then he got upset with that it sounds like right and then they yeah. started weaponizing the staff against me to create headlines and uh they i, I saw they were doing other things like giving employees additional days off uh, that weren't journalized. And they would come to me, do we still get our extra days off? And I said, well, what's your, what's the policy say? What's the CBA say? Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, it's just an internal thing. And I said, no, you don't get to do that. That would be like the taxpayers giving you a happy anniversary check to give you off on your work anniversary and them not knowing that you wrote that check out yeah. your checkbook it had that's why it's required by law that we have journal action associated with these things so a lot of things i was coming in trying to fix there's a lot of pushback you know like they didn't have meetings live streamed or televised they, there were a lot of things that were just antiquated 
and right. I was trying to improve processes. Well, it gives me hope, like for you know, on a, on a local government level, that people still attempt to try to play by the book because we know, like, <laughs> the state and certainly our federal federally elected politicians, uh, they don't really care. Uh, they don't really seem to have our interests at heart whatsoever. It seems about them, you know, lining their pocketbooks. Um, Chisholm and I talk about that underlying theme quite a bit on the show. Um, but so on a local level, obviously, you still give a damn. Um, they accused you of, quote, being a dissenting and often unwelcome voice in the uh, commission meetings. Right. And, yeah. So, hey, unwelcome, you're not falling in line. Unwelcome you're, you're, you're voice. <laughs> un- unwelcome voice of an elected uh, public servant. That's interesting. Right. Yeah. Well, my job as a commissioner, I view differently as they do. Also, we have the ability to have a county administrator. An administrator would be someone with an education that's similar to mine. Usually it's an MPA and they'll they'll run the county, uh, even if it's even if it's still a statutory county with the three member board, they have that person running things so that the bosses have a boss. Absent that, it's the board of commissioners. And the board of commissioners have been there solely for the purpose of rubber stamping whatever administration or staff wants for decades. So mm-hmm. I came in and I beat the incumbent who was the Democrat party chairman and who had been elected since he was a teenager. No other job except for politics, no mm-hmm. education. And I beat the kingmaker, you know? <laughs> so yeah. they there, there ended up being a lot of pushback mm-hmm. over that. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to, I believe it was uh, July 2022, and you are in the meeting, and then all of a sudden there's law, law enforcement in there. Like, explain how that, how that played out, and did, did it seem at the time like it was premeditated, or is law enforcement always at these meetings? Well, can I give you a little background? Yeah, yeah please. please. Okay, so... When I first got elected, it was the height of COVID. Mm-hmm. They tried to arrest me once before for not wearing a mask in my own building. They kept calling law enforcement and calling the city health department. Like, we're a county building, but there's a city law. And they, they were figuring everything they could do to try to get me. They were, they were like, at least wear a shield. At least do this. And I I said, no, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. So like, and oh, but you're upsetting people. That's not my, I'm not responsible for their emotions. Okay. So I, I kept on doing that and they really, they realized really quickly that I wasn't the one to be persuaded or pushed around or that would follow, you know, you're going to lose votes. Okay. (laughs) You know, so there, there was that. And then there was, uh, uh, another time I went on vacation and at that period of time during COVID, they did have deputies there. Then I went on vacation once and I came back from vacation and they wanted me, I got an email from the health department director telling me that I needed to submit to them my medical records. And I asked under what authority are you requesting my records? And it was knowingly spreading a contagion, which is a criminal statute. They were trying to get me arrested for not quarantining myself or showing that I had a test or something. And so I wouldn't submit those either. And I was like, okay, that's the second time they're trying to arrest me. And uh, mm-hmm. some time had elapsed and I started live streaming all of the meetings. They did not like that at all because their conduct was exposed. So I kept right. a little camera going all the time and they realized they were starting to look a little bad or foolish or or silly and just plainly mean uh so we weren't having any deputies there or no one was in there for for a long period of time then they after i got it i'm sorry i'm getting a little it sounds confusing, but there was a period of time where they organized all the employees, about seven office ladies to file federal lawsuits against me and say I was discriminating against all of them. That happened about six months into my term. Uh, They drove out one woman who was the clerk. And then 
had them all in a meeting room, which was a sunshine violation. They wrote a complaint against me, which gave rise to five or six federal lawsuits. And the last one just got disposed of this week um, on appeal. They were all created and crafted in order to make headlines about me. So they're trying to run with this false narrative. Like she's mean, she's all these things, just like they do with the president. You know, they, they use the, the Democrats use, and the establishment, I can say the Democrats and the establishment, you know, they'll use the media as an arm of their party in order to mischaracterize people and to vilify them so that they can advance their narrative. They use them as their ministers of propaganda. And then what happens is they're, they're it's just a, a smear. So I've been in yeah. office for about two years, just completely being smeared by the local media with the help of all these employees that were benefiting. And uh, they benefit from status quo. Right. So if you push back to do things efficiently, then then you upset their operation and they're out to get you. Yeah. So then comes that summer that I was arrested. And we didn't have any deputies there at all. At that point in time, there were no deputies. But all along, I was pushing back about their mismanagement. And one of the biggest things that was that I saw as a problem was the contract for medical services at the sheriff's jail. So I spoke up about a complaint that I had received from an inmate's mother where he was not getting his medical treatment and was requesting to see it, to see a, a doctor and ended up getting, I can't remember right now what it was, but it ended up really bad for him. So I, I read the letter aloud, but I also had been criticizing the contract because they were giving the same guy millions of dollars. Mm. It was half a million or a million dollar contract. They kept renewing it without doing a request for qualifications. And that contract was coming over on the letterhead or, or on a fax machine from the vendor. And we weren't even having our prosecutor's office look at that. So imagine you're you're hiring someone you don't even look at it you just stamp yes without having your attorneys look at it that's what was going on in trumbull county with this jail doctor and so somebody's he, friend yes and he was on the Demo he was a democrat central committee person and the uh the jail doctor's attorney was also an attorney who worked at the county so all of this is just too cozy yeah. and Smell so I'm going to give you this contract. When my election, my re-election comes up, you're going to give some of it back to me for my campaign. Oh, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. That that is that is what they do. And then you'll see who goes to their fundraisers and who donates. That's if if they would actually spend some, if they would actually make decisions based on the best interest of the public instead of personal interest, it would. I, I just it would be so much better. Yeah. And it's not even a lot of money. They might get like a couple thousand dollars or a few hundred dollars, but that's how cheap they are. They'll sell their souls for a few hundred dollars on their campaign, you know? Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. so I, I, I went into the meeting and complained about two weeks prior to that about that. Uh, I read the letter from the employee or from that mother. And I used to work with her in, in the real estate world. Then on that particular day that I went to the meeting where they arrested me, there were two deputies in the room that had never been there before. Uh. So the, one of them I know was a, they're road deputies. They weren't, they don't work as, they never worked as bailiffs in court. They never did anything relative to security. They were, they were road people. So they mm. got brought in and, uh, I thought it was odd that they were there, but I felt like something was up and I got the letter already where they were demanding a public apology from me. And then the one commissioner, Fuda, instructed the clerk to read the sheriff's letter demanding the apology in the meeting, not in the public comment section, but while we still had items on our agenda business. So when 
they read it. He, when she read it, I went down to the front because I recorded the entire reading of it. I tried to record from my seat, but Commissioner Fuda held up a paper so that I couldn't to block obstruct my view. So I went to the front. And then as she was talking, I was correcting some of the things that were factually incorrect. Then I went back around to my seat and I was asked to apologize. They said, are you going to apologize? Are you going to apologize to the sheriff or not? And instead of apologizing, I gave yet another example of an inmate, except for I gave an example of when someone actually died. And they didn't like that asked me for my apology. I wouldn't apologize. And then the guy next to me, and uh, uh, Morrow is his name, he said, you can't talk about something like you can't talk about the chief, the top law enforcement officer like that. And he also said, you could be arrested for removed for disrupting a meeting. And um, next thing you knew, I heard Buddha call out for the name of one deputy. He said, he called him by name. His name was Wicks. And he came up and then there was a thumbs up exchange between the other two mm -hmm. and they came and pulled my chair out told me to, they were going to remove me and then or they arrested me so and charged you with what uh disrupting a meeting uh-huh <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> a meeting in which you're the county commissioner being <laughs> Allegedly held to account for exposing right. some corruption. Right. And that's, that's, that's funny. And that's so they, they, they took you to jail? Yes, they took me to jail. Uh, I was sick that day. Oh, I was The week before, I was really sick. I had to get the emergency room. I was on a pre prednisone taper and feeling like garbage. And they took me down there. I, I felt so bad i i don't know it was it was not fun but the one guy was really nice i, ha I have to say it though though they did do something that they shouldn't have done the one deputy was polite respectful you know commissioner i have your phone i have your you know the other one was really joyful and arresting me which <laughs> which was mm. he could, I, I felt like from the other one that he didn't want to do it if that makes sense like he had to yeah but it did yeah. seem like they all knew what was going on because the one was sitting in the back texting on his phone. So they were all texting during the meeting and you could see that. And when we did discovery, we had a, we, I put in a records request, a litigation hold, we had a discovery request and a judge's order and our prosecutor's office instructed them to not destroy anything and to preserve it and to turn it over they still destroyed every text message that they could possibly they did they destroyed everything that they were able to it's a very hillary clinton-esque play there yeah. <laughs> yes shocker uh -huh. it's illegal it's actually a crime to yeah. to destroy exculpatory evidence which is why i got acquitted so i was charged criminally oh wow so that was the thing that got you off of the criminal charges was the fact that y'all could prove they destroyed evidence of these these communications they were having and maybe some other evidence as well i bet you the sheriff was on that text chain too i mean these he deputies was. obviously work for work for him he was so what we were, so we we ended up winning in the criminal case there was so maro cantal mesa's brother is enzo cantal mesa there, there's all this kind of like corrupt crime families i i call them because they do things that are more self-interested and sometimes criminal um like destroying evidence and they're elected officials so the city that i live in his brother the one commissioner's brother is the law director of the city that we live in so he was responsible for pressing the charges on me but because of a conflict of interest they brought in a visiting prosecutor and the visiting prosecutor knew that they were supposed to turn this evidence in or i'm sorry the discovery request over to us and i can't say that that's why but as soon as they realized that it didn't exist the case was the case was dismissed hmm. and then oh so it got dismissed you didn't even get to go to trial on that so right. they kind of just quashed it and made it go away yes it was dismissed with prejudice 
So with prejudice means that they had the ability to refile and it means that they certainly should be preserving the evidence, but they right. didn't because they destroyed it because it would have been shown their conspiracy. But it was, you could connect the dots and see it based on our responses to discovery. So though we weren't able to recover what the text messages said, we were able to see who the phone calls were made to. We were able to see all the text messages that existed, the communication, but we weren't able to see what they said. Hmm. So we were able to see, for example, the sheriff text messaged the lady from the TV news at a certain, I can't remember what time, about five or 10 minutes before I was arrested, the sheriff who said he had nothing to do with it was text messaging the lady from the news who came and did a live at noon on my arrest. So how did huh. he know right. to, to text her? And then she showed up. There were other messages coming between the two. And you could see in the depositions, like the one deputy said, I didn't communicate with the sheriff that day or something. And then my attorney showed in the records, well, yeah, you did. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, yeah, I guess we did, but we weren't talking about her. <laughs> so oh, yeah, okay. I, they kind of hold on themselves. Yeah, it was definitely planned. Uh -huh. Wow. And so what, what you ended up filing a federal suit, right. correct? And right. So what's, how does that play out? Uh, we, and what won. are you seeking in that? Okay. So we won on summary judgment. Basically the biggest things are the first, my first and fourth amendments were violated. Right. And we won on those summarily. So when you win on summary judgment, that means that the judge decided ruled that as a matter of law, without a jury that not one juror would ever agree other than what he decided because it was so overt and so brazen their violation of my those rights that he was able to rule summarily without even having a trial so that's that's huge i don't know that the press has actually given that as much coverage as it should because yeah. that's that's a summary judgment i mean normally these things go to trial right yeah yeah well summary judgment to your point i've got a legal background yeah it means that the facts that are not in dispute prove the application of the law in question and the case is just closed whichever way it's decided right and to your point it definitely proves it was just a slam dunk and, you know, in this case, sounds like the media was in collusion with your adversaries, first and foremost, but also it's not as sexy as a trial, right, where there's actually some controversy to settle out. It's just like, well, yeah, this is obvious. It's it is what it is. Right. Mm -hmm. But to your point, that should be it's something that would be good for people to understand because you see it all the time in the news on various different things like, oh, this was summary judgment and whatever. And it is important to know, like, that that is a big deal. Right. Mostly things get dismissed on summary judgment, but never get, right. uh, it's hard to win on summary judgment for sure. because then you're yeah. leaving what's in dispute for a jury. And, mm. and on this one, what they argued obviously was qualified immunity and they lost their qualified immunity. The, the, the judge also, that's the other thing that he did in his decision is he gave them no protection under immunity. So all of them, the both commissioners the sheriff and both deputies are pierced their sovereign immunity is pierced and they are now eligible they're responsible for any punitive damages so we haven't gotten to the the damage hearing mm -hmm. yet um and we still have a couple things that are left in dispute some of the we had two state claims that we didn't win on but they didn't win on either they're still out there um, one of them is the false arrest under the state law, and the other one is the uh, civil conspiracy under state law, because the judge said he spelled it out in this one section. It looks like this, you know, the uh, 
Mr. Buddha called out the one by name. Uh, the other one, there was a thumbs up based on da 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 da. da a, a, a jury could say this, but then a jury also might say that it was an impromptu thing, or they might decide that some of the other parties maybe weren't part of the conspiracy. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So those are still kind of out there, but I, I know that they're not going to want to, and, and if you have a legal background too, you know they're not going to want to go back to have a hearing on the state false arrest claim because it's already been ruled that there was no probable cause. Right. So right. they're going to try to wade through <laughs> the, you sent me the decision, the link to it. And I, I, I knew that you had won on some fronts and then, okay, now we know that, but the punitive damages, what, how, let me ask you this. We'll see how that plays out. Hopefully hey, you were taking care I of. Can I slip one thing in there relevant to what she was just saying? Those other two cases, do you, did you get on video as you were walking around like the thumbs up and stuff? Is that going to be evidence that's kind of indisputable or. That's that on the, that's on the surveillance video. Oh, of course, there's mm -hmm. surveillance in the room. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, so that was. So this is stuff that's going to be impossible to claim to happen, basically. So it's it's actually quite interesting. He he lays that out about the conspiracy part, and he says everything that spells out the conspiracy, but says but it but a jury might decide, you know, differently. So mm -hmm. that's still that's still out there. It was an interesting read, though, for even people without the legal background, because I've never, and obviously because of the stuff they've been doing to me there, I've been through a lot of these cases, but I've never seen anything where they, they gave a, an entire section to the salsa dancing guy, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. And then the, and also, I mean, the judge actually spelled out, he underscored the fact that they were treating me badly as a woman, uh, that, that, that they would make fun of me for flipping my hair. He said somewhere in here, the commissioner Fuda was mocking me and like flipping his hair. And um, they, that they called me that lady, like this lady doesn't know. And they kept on being demeaning toward me. And one, one instance they referenced um, Commissioner Fuda, it's terrible, but he he instructed the employees in the maintenance department to go into my bathroom, our commissioner's bathroom, and to take pictures of my fem used feminine products. Yeah, I read what? that. Yeah, yeah, it's in the it's in the it's in I'm the, have to, in the I didn't get a chance to read it. I I am absolutely going to now. So a shocker you're saying that in the democrats seem to be sexist and misogynist right. they're the ones that would call everybody else sexist and misogynist kind of like how they do on the racial thing right like they're right. pretty racist but they call everybody racist <laughs> so yeah so so they instructed the employees to go and take pictures oh. and maintenance then told those office ladies the same ones who said i discriminated against them i'm sorry but if i was a secretary or a clerk and someone said, here, we need you to make color copies of this woman's feminine garbage. And I'm a woman. I would think that's a hostile work environment. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah but they did. And they gave him a stack, probably the sick of them. And he would bring him out to the meeting and try to intimidate me from speaking at the meetings. So in their eyes, me criticizing the sheriff was grounds for me to be disruptive, but he was allowed to hold up pictures of my used feminine products to me and at the audience and that wasn't considered disruptive so that's one of the reasons that we use that as evidence because we won based on viewpoint discrimination you can't say in the united states of america that you can all disrupt all you want but she can't disrupt because we don't like what she's saying that's right. viewpoint discrimination and that's how we won they also allowed a man who was mocking me and taunting me after he came back from that vacation to hold up his vaccination card at me, came, came up, said, you do have one of these, started mocking me. I have Hispanic, I have Puerto Rican heritage, and my daughter has Cuban heritage, and we got back from a vacation where we were dancing, and so he saw us online, then he came up, mocked me, threw his hand, pretended that he was salsa dancing, and that made it into the judge's opinion. So yes, that same political party that pretends that they're, you know, 
champions of minorities and women completely demonstrated the opposite. And the judge identified that the judge underscored this in his in his uh, opinion. He didn't have to put those in there. He made an entire section caption salsa dancing incident. Wow. They also have a pretty recent history of being pretty nasty, nasty and hostile towards police. And yet when you're questioning some actions by the sheriff, that's taboo and, right. and disruptive. Uh, well, you, we, we call it in... leftist projection. Yeah. Go ahead, Gable. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, you're in good company. Chisholm and I's semen is worth a lot of money. We're not vaccinated either. So, yeah. <laughs> Use him. <laughs> I mean... Uh, I'm the comedian of the group. Sorry. No, I I understand. I have a. I actually have a uh, a doctor at the Cleveland Clinic a while ago because I have a kind of a connective tissue issue, and um, she said that that there are problems with women's reproductive health if they mm-hmm. because of their partner having had the vaccine, um, some type of shedding and can't remember the word for it but she said that she had some problems and she from even being in close contact yeah. with mm-hmm. uh, the patients because she, she was uh working on adjusting people and she said i was her only patient who's not vaccinated my wife had an, one of those experiences she roomed with a another a friend of hers at a photography conference i guess it would have been like 21 2021 and um she had just had her first or second jab and yeah, Ash came home. It had been like a week or two since her prior cycle, and she had a very strange one, to say the least. And you know, that was like right after I had first heard of this whole like shedding stuff. So anyway, that's <clears throat> that's a whole another. Yeah. Well, I mean, show. it's funny because these were all considered conspiracy theories at, at the time, and now studies are starting to show that there's a basis for a lot of these things. I was on the, I was on the front page of the Tribune once. Uh, I think it was around the time I got back from that vacation. They took the ugliest picture that they can find of me with my glasses and my fingers up like this, because I didn't call, I won't call it a vaccine. I was calling it. Cause if I do, I call it a vaccine because it's right. really, it was an experimental gene injection. Therapy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> gene therapy, right. And so they, they they made sure that they quoted me. You know, Commissioner Frenchko, who has no medical background, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's interesting. Which, which yeah. apparently means you can't read. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, we're not able to research. You can have whatever, uh, I don't, I tried to stay away from that, but it was, it was terrible. Honestly, it was more of a virtue signaling thing than, uh, and a, a method to control, a, a, like a test in social control. In my experience, I remember going to a giant eagle nearby and I had I went through, grabbed what I needed really quick, went to the self-checkout line. I didn't have a mask on and I went to my own self-checkout, was about to pay, had everything through and was about to pay. And an employee came up and pushed me out of the way in order to prevent me from paying for my groceries, which if it was truly about safety and social distancing, she wouldn't have came and pushed me. Right. She, yeah. she literally yeah. physically shoved me like, you can't buy anything. And I was like, what I read about, I remember I, I was raised Baptist. And I remember going and seeing the movies about the end times, you know, and I was like, oh my gosh, just, just it really felt like that. I wasn't able to, wasn't able to grocery shop, yeah. but. Well, just wait for the next planned pandemic they're already talking about that uh over in davos switzerland so we'll uh, we'll see what the the global elites have in store for us um you're running for re-election yes do you think that all of the press that you've received negative and positive will help you or hurt you in that campaign uh the negative over the course of the last since I've been elected about create making up those false narratives and oh my God, the things that they do to create headlines are unbelievable. There, can I tell you that some, sure. I gotta tell you. Yeah. so we get a new commissioner that came in after Frank Fuda. This guy 
is a lifelong Democrat Central Committeeman who helped Tim Ryan campaign. But he's an opportunist. We call those rhinos. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, so here he comes in. I'm pro Trump. I'm pro gun. You're still a Democrat. Okay. You're a voting block with, with the other guy here. So they come in just to continue beating me up. I'm like, well, you have a Republican now. No, I don't. I have a rhino and a de I have two Democrats, basically. Right. So um, I'm always cold. And I kept a little space heater underneath my desk, okay, uh, under the dais. So all three of us are at the dais. I have a little space heater under there. And so I'm constantly cold. I have low blood pressure, low heart, all that stuff. So I always put my hands under like this during the meetings to warm them up. I turn it on, warm up my hands, you know. At some juncture, they decided to build plexiglass between there and i kept on pulling it out i said you guys can't do that that makes the space heater a safety hazard because the one i had in there before kind of started to smoke down you can't have a closed off little area right with the yeah. with the space heater so they built these plexiglass i'd come in take it out i had the maintenance guy come in he used a hammer knocked out the sides of it pulled it out then I go into a meeting and they Because have, every desk needs plexiglass underneath well, it. Well, yeah, because he said that he's he's also probably 300 pounds and he was um he was too hot because he said it was the the warm air was touching him whatever. Huh. So they ended up with the plexi with the plexiglass building a complete wall that came all all the way out and I said, you know, that's against the that's against our building violation. You have to have a, you have to have an IOA has to have at least a 36 inch clearance. I also have a background in HUD consulting and some other things that they don't like if a, they don't, these men don't like if a, if a woman knows something about maintenance, they get, they get really yeah. offended. Right. So I go in there and I had, and I was like, this isn't going to happen today. We're about to start our meeting. So I took the same hammer that the maintenance guy used to knock it out. And I knocked it out before the meeting. It went all over the news. They, they, the guy said I was holding up over my head and swinging it. I mean, all over, they had protests with me where the people who hate me are trying to remove me from office and holding hammers. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So they take anything they can to like set you up to, to look bad. And it's what they've been doing. So that kind of stuff definitely made me look bad. But I couldn't have asked for better timing than God had planned in order to vindicate me relative to this, because this was falling into their narrative. She's so bad. She's so crazy. She's so this. They had to even arrest her because she was being mean to that poor clerk. You know, they all these narratives. And then it came out. I thank God that Trump appointed this judge. It was I believe this was his last judge that he appointed on his way out. Really? Huh. Wow. I we cable and i certainly love you giving praise and glory to god because everything is his timing and his will and right. uh and yeah to your point what better time than for the the true scope of this what they tried to do to you to be exposed and is the election for county commissioner in november like the rest of the elections or oh, is it a weird time i have a primary so listen there is a primary right now and they have another rhino a guy who is a Okay, lifelong Democrat, resigned from being a elected Democrat Central Committee person in 2022, primarying me, has is a used car salesman, a drummer in a band, and owns a massage parlor building that is oh. under investigation for human trafficking right near our truck stop. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. is this real? Is it, <laughs> you know? Can we just leave them over on their own? Like, if you're a Democrat, stay a Democrat. Please don't come over here and 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 do that. But there's so many opportunists. They're seeing that Republicans are winning, so they're starting to cross over for the opportunity. But I mean, and everyone's seen. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard about it. The Sound of Freedom and um, mm -hmm. human trafficking. Ohio is in the top the top fifth six states for trafficking, and. I, we've had complaints about this establishment. Asian girls coming from New York plates on a bus 
and then getting off the bus and getting into smaller vans with Florida plates. And then this building, this business is registered to flushing a, a business. You know, you look at the Secretary of State's website, you can see the history of the organization and who it's registered to is in Flushing, New York, which is the headquarters, like the epicenter of human trafficking. So all this stuff is going on. There are advertisements for, for this building as an escort service. Wow. In fact, oh. if you look at my Facebook page for Commissioner, Nikki Frenchko for Commissioner, you'll see all of the advertisements. It is disgusting. It is not a legitimate foot spa. There's not one picture of a foot, but there are pictures of things that say gentlemen special and young Asian girls holding teddy bears. So wow. that's what I'm up against right now. And I just, I just, I'm, I'm really prayerful. And actually something that you were talking about, I, I listened to Moody, Moody radio. Do you know, have you heard of that Moody Bible radio? Okay. No, I think I've heard of it, but I've never listened to it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was listening to this morning and it was about leadership and, reading deuteronomy if you're a if you're a leader and um just I, I try my best like i pray for grace and it's hard for me when i'm getting beat up to to be you know as kind and but yeah. it, it, it but then again at the same time god puts people through things in their life to prepare them for bigger things and things that you had no idea you would be doing so i'm definitely prepared to to go through all those things and um, I had some person say, well, you're, you're not as nice or you, you know, what did Jesus died on the cross and you, you need to be more kind when they're insulting you and attacking you. And I was like, well, God has different purposes for different people. And like, for example, David, like he chose him because he was able to slay, you know? Right. And so well, I was and like, maybe, maybe that's what God's using me for. Mm -hmm. Right before Jesus died on the cross, he walked into the temple and flipped over a bunch of tables and called a bunch of people out for their BS, right? Well, there's, right. Yeah. And yeah. that's one example of many where he, you know, got down and kneeled and wrote in the sand the sins of, I, I was in the sermon one time um, at our old church in the Houston area where the pastor was presenting Jesus in this more sort of masculine um persona than we've often gotten in church in the last 50 years in America. Right. And, and the boldness of doing these things, right. All these examples. And he's like, imagine he got down on the ground in front of these people, these powerful people that wanted to persecute him. And he wrote their sins in the sand and then just looked at them. Like didn't say a word. He just stared into their soul. Like, I know what you did. Yeah. You know? So yeah, grace we have to have grace, but that doesn't mean that we have to abide. I mean, all the stuff that you're talking about to me is more evidence of just the devil at work it, in such a way is like they're, 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 it's just become so blatant, right? Everything you, especially all that human trafficking stuff you just outlined, that is the devil at work, but they're going to claim righteousness the whole way through. And yeah, hopefully more and more people are waking up to it. And I think they are. Really I hope so. The Tribune, so our local newspaper, the lady who was the editor, the publisher and the editor both hated my guts, and so did a reporter. The reporter left, and then the publisher retired, and then the editor just retired, effective last week. But she didn't go out without one nasty editorial to me. They said that the reason I brought up the uh, massage parlor was just a political stunt. And I'm like, no, hmm. I, I, don't, I don't live in that community. I live in Trumbull County, but I don't pass through there a lot. I had people in that community reaching out to me because they were concerned because it was near a school and because there was apartments and the people who would patronize the establishment didn't want to have their cars seen there. So they were getting either Uber to from the truck stop or they were parking it across the street where there's um, apartments. So I'm getting communities or I'm sorry, complaints from people in the community. And I'm not going to ignore them just because there's an election coming up. Right. Yeah. Well, if right it on. looks bad it looks bad it is bad <laughs> so. yeah. well i gotta be honest i'm hoping that god is putting you through these trials to prepare you to maybe be a voice on a larger scale than just trumbull county but um they're lucky to have you in the meantime uh we need bold fierce leadership i pray for that every morning and 
sounds like that's what you are, uh, Commissioner Frenchko. So thanks for that. Yeah. And thanks for your time today. It was nice getting to visit with you and thanks for sharing your, uh, your experiences. And at first I was like, yay, go, uh, you know, this is, uh, this is great news for small local governments. And then you get into all this corruption as you've outlined. And it's like, ah, it's the same thing as the, as right. the federal. Yeah. It's the same exact thing. Just a microcosm. But, of, you know, yeah. all we can do is keep fighting. And, yes. And uh, please, please run for something. Like I tell everyone just, I know that people hear me and they're like, yeah, I agree with you. And I'm like, well, then why aren't you on school board? Mm-hmm. You know, school board's the first thing we need to all be. Right. Why aren't you yeah. on a, a trustee or a council person? We, we need to be active. Like if, mm-hmm. if you have that calling, please don't ignore it because mm-hmm. it's, it's so many people complain, but they don't want to get out there and try to do, do something actively to change it. And we need, people to be active so that's what and then the other thing i just have to ask because i don't is um when i have a one red nikki french co say that again sorry um, that's a fundraising thing say that one more time win red um it's a platform for raising money for republicans it's called one red okay we had a little uh technology glitch there i think on the zoom meeting but uh okay win red Nikki French Co. And uh, yeah, Justified Pursuit has zero sponsors, but we will combine our resources and we'll make a contribution. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, thanks again. Thank you. All right. It was nice Take care. You. Okay. Yeah. Thank, right. for, thank you for your time. All right. Bye. Bye. So, there you have it. Uh, wow. The, the level of corruption and coercion and defamation that this poor woman has had to deal with. Ugh. Kudos to uh, Nikki for for putting up with that crap and wanting to to run for re-election. Uh, you know, I, I guess on some level, if you're getting to them this bad, right, where where they want to cancel you, to discredit you to this level, well, then you're doing something right. And so I guess you got to wear that as a badge of honor, kind of like uh, President Trump. So, Nikki, uh, good on you. Once again, Trumbull County, Ohio County Commissioner, Mrs. Nikki Frenchko. Uh, unfortunately, we are out of time for today. Thanks to Mrs. Frenchko for the good counselor, Chisholm Cook. I'm Cable Smith. We'll see you guys next week. Usually Chisholm has a funny one-liner here, but usually it's not funny. But since he's not here, I don't have anything. So, yeah, <laughs> y'all take it easy. There's nothing wrong with Ohio. Except the snow and the rain I really like Drew Carey And I'd love to see the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame